hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and cat wrangler for Epi 111 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. This is another Succotash Clips episode, that's two in a row, and I've got a bucket full of comedy podcast clips for you this time around. Our associate producer Tyson Sainer grabbed some of them, I clipped some, and we also had some podcasters just upload them directly to us using our Succotash upload link. That's at Hightail.com slash U, the letter U, slash Succotash, S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H, all lowercase. In addition to the clippage, we've got a double dose of our burst of durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst. We have a classic Henderson's Pants ad, and we also dig into the tweet sack. And that's about it, except for the clips. I'm coming to you from the front seat of Studio F, my Fiat 500C, and uh, normally I do these in the middle of the night. It is early morning, the commute has started, so you will hear the sound, no doubt, of cars and tr trucks as they whiz past. So pay it no mind, won't you? Uh, a couple things to talk about before we get to the clips. First of all, I'm not sure where you grab this episode of Succotash from, but we are available from iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, PodBay, Overcast, TuneIn Radio. You can even listen to us over on the Succotash Facebook page. And if you're going to go do that, why not go ahead and like us while you're there? We also get replayed every week at CWERadio.com. That's Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment Radio. In fact, one of the clips we have today is from the actual Clutch and Wiggle show. Mm -hmm. Besides Clutch and Wiggle, can you tell I just like saying Clutch and Wiggle? Clip-wise, we have samples from A Twilight World of Ultimate Smoothness, uh, Date Speeding, Deviance Church, Don't Worry, It's Only the End of the World, For Listeners, Mineshaft, Pistol Shrimps Radio, Strong Opinions, and WTF. The fourth annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival is coming up in September. I've been to the first three, and they're always a lot of fun. So I have snagged a three-day ticket already for this year's PodFest, and I plan to hunker down in the Squarespace Podcast Lab like some kind of great podcasting job of the hut. It's September 18th through the 20th at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills, and you can get tickets and more details at Eventbrite. I'll be interviewing podcasters and ne'er-do-wells, so I hope you get a chance to stop by and say hello, ne'er-do-well. And if you're curious about what I do when I'm not on the Succotash microphone, crammed here into Studio F and chatting at you, there's a fun little article that came out this week over at smartup.live entitled The Man Who Named the Blackberry. Well, that'd be me. And the piece talks about some of the other names I've helped bring into the world from out of my brain. So check it out. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, get into the clip, shall we? We would be remiss to continue on without acknowledging perhaps one of the most important milestones in comedy podcasting. A sitting president has appeared on one. Now, I'm sure you've heard about President Barack Obama's visit to the garage to talk to Mark Maron. No matter what you think about Obama or Marin, this is a big deal. I reviewed this episode for both Splitsider.com and Huffington Post Entertainment this week. Links to both are on our SuccotashShow.com blog for the episode. But I thought we'd go ahead and play just a little bit for those few of you who may not have heard it. 
uh, yet. This is right towards the end of the show, and Mark gets the opportunity to ask the president about his favorite comedians. How do you do this? Like, you know, like, you know, you're just able to, like, because I, I, I saw you in Manassas. Yeah. The day after your your grandmother uh, passed, yeah. the day before the election, and you yeah. just turned it on. The, the the you know you 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 were just doing gigs last night. You're yeah. going to Tyler Perry's and Chuck Lorre's doing the yeah. thing. You're touring, yeah. <laughs> doing that part of the job. Yeah. I you know the night of uh, you know I'm a comic, so the night that you knew that they were going to shoot Ben Lon, you're doing comedy. I was pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah. But you know, is there some trick that you can uh, share with us all? Of how you just sort of focus in on that. Is everything that immediate to you that you can compartmentalize that quickly? Or you just know that you have to show up and do the job? Yeah, I, look, the, uh, because you're a performer, you know this is, this is true. And you, you, you're friends with a lot of comics. Um, you like comedy? I love comedy. And, uh, Who are your guys? Well, Pryor, Pryor was an early right? one. Yeah. yeah. Dick Gregory, when he was oh, really, right. you know, uh, on the edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? I love all. You know, Seinfeld's a whole other different uh-huh. type. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Louis, you know, I know is a buddy of yours. Yeah. I, I love Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think uh, Louis is terrific. Uh-huh. Uh, oh boy, he just made his life. No, no, he I, just made his I life. Mean, he, 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 he's he's wonderful in in a such a self deprecating but yeah but edgy kind of uh-huh. way. I mean, I, uh-huh. I and. Uh, and and basically good-hearted, even when he's saying stuff that's pretty, yeah, you know, wrong, wrong, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But 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 you can. The, there's a goodness mm-hmm. about him that comes through. Um, but look, I I think that uh, I think at the end, uh, what all those guys understand is the more you do something, and the more you you practice it. At a certain point, it becomes second nature. Sure. And and what I've always been impressed about, by uh, when I I listen to comics talk about comedy, mm-hmm. is how much of it is a craft, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And they're thinking it through, and it's uh, and and they have a sense of when it works and when it doesn't. And then the longer you do it, the better your instincts are. Same with president. Yeah. Same with president. <laughs> and, and and also, uh, I guess the last thing is you lose. You lose fear. That's right. I, I, I was talking to somebody the, the other day um, uh, about why I actually think I'm, I'm I'm a better president and would be a better candidate if I were running again than I ever have been. And it's sort of like an athlete. You, you might slow down a little bit. You might uh, not jump as high right. as you used to. But... I know what I'm doing, and I'm fearless. For real, you're not pretending right. to you're be not fearless. Pretending to be fearless. That's exactly right? right. And and when you get to that point, freedom. Then you know, and and also part of that fearlessness is because you've screwed up enough times. Sure. That you know that it's all it's, happened. It's it's all happened. I've I've been through this. Right. I've I've screwed up. Right. I've, I've been in the barrel, tumbling down Niagara Falls. Yeah. And uh, and you, you know, I emerged and I lived, and and that's always a. Uh, uh, that's such a liberating feeling. Absolutely, right. Yeah. It's one of the benefits of uh, of age. It almost compensates for the fact that I can't play basketball anymore. <laughs> well, good. Kudos to Mark Marin for getting POTUS to sit in on his show. Listen to the whole thing on his home site, wtfpod.com, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed or downloaded. Way to go, Mark! Boomer lives.
And if you'd like to read my review of the Obama Sode, again, it's up this week on both Splitsider.com and Huffington Post Entertainment. All right, let's jump into the first of our two bursts of Durst this show. In this opening salvo, Durst peels back the ugly onion that is the new U.S. Freedom Act. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about the new USA Freedom Act, passed by Congress and signed into law by President Obama in order to reform parts of the Patriot Act. You gotta admit, it's a nice name. USA Freedom. Who can complain about that? Surprised our collection of elected prawns showed such restraint and didn't call it the mom and apple pie and cute little kittens chasing yarn through a corn maze act. Although there was much huffing and puffing and pulling of hair, to be honest, not much has changed. The new law extends three expiring surveillance provisions. The NSA is still able to collect data for phone numbers that contact anybody on their list of suspected bad guys, and then collect data on the numbers that contact those numbers and the numbers that contact those numbers. Kind of like a secret six degrees of Kevin Bacon. As a matter of fact, by now, Kevin Bacon is undoubtedly the owner of a suspect number. Never too sure about that guy. The bill also reinstates the roving wiretap provision, which allows the CIA to monitor sneaky guys who keep throwing away their cell phones, as well as the lone wolf provision, which reputedly has never been used. Yeah, right. And hippopotamus teeth make good jello molds. The new law does give businesses more leeway to report information requests they've received from the government, but we don't know how much more. On a 1 to 100 scale, we'd hazard a guess it's a 1. But hey, it's baby steps. A band-aid on a sucking chest wound. But one of those flesh-colored band-aids that can be worn on stage and the audience never notices. Of course, the biggest threat to our store of personal information is not the NSA or the FBI or the CIA, but rather Facebook. One of these days, Julian Assange is going to target Mark Zuckerberg. And then all hell is going to break loose. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. If you're a Durstinato and going to be around the last weekend of the month, in fact, it's this weekend, it's this Saturday, it's it's tomorrow, June 27th, you got a rare chance to catch Durst giving a comedy workshop. It's part of the Beatnik Shindig going on at Fort Mason this week, the whole weekend. But Durst bit is just one hour from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. That's tomorrow morning, Saturday. The cost is just 20 bucks. I've mentioned this before, but uh, this doesn't seem very timely. Uh, if you happen to be in the vicinity, check it out. Hop over to beatnikshindig.com and grab yourself some tickets before it's too late. It's too late. All right, you might be aware that I do weekly comedy podcast reviews, maybe because I talk about them all the time. I'm part of This Week in Comedy Podcast, the roundup over on Splitsider.com. Then I often repurpose the review I do there the next day and drop it off at Huffington Post. Last week, I found a new podcast from a couple of the gents from Super Ego, a longtime podcast favorite of Succotash. Matt Gorley and Mark McConville from that lineup have teamed up to bring you play-by-play women's basketball. Sort of. It's a lot of improvised nonsense and hilarity, and it has actually done courtside at the Pistol Shrimps games in Los Angeles. I've got a sample I pulled off the latest episode, and the hosts are joined by fellow super egoist and the hardest working man in podcasting, Paul F. Tompkins. Number three with the ball. We can't really see anything. As always at the Lake Street Gym, we sit way in the corner, and you can't really see part of the game. Duncan Lover's passing it around and going for a three-pointer and denied. 
Ride. If this is the first time you've listened to Pistol Shrimps Radio, we don't know shit about basketball, but we do know this. We like talking. Jesse Thomas puts up a three-pointer off the backboard. No good. If you've listened to Pistol Shrimps Radio before, are you me? (laughs) You're the one. (laughs) You're the devil. You're the devil. It's 16 to 4 with 740 left here in the first half. A young girl wearing a tutu and sparkly butterfly shirt has just entered the gym. She has eclipsed Bicycle Guy as the most interesting person in the court. She also has halftime entertainment written all over her. <laughs> of course, tonight's halftime involves a cookie eating contest. See how many of my wife's cookies you can eat in a five minute period. All of them. A lot of reasons I married that woman. One of them, she can make a cookie, goddammit. Two points for the Duncan Love gals. Duncan Love gals. <laughs> Jesse Won't Thomas. you come out tonight? <laughs> Jesse Thomas moves in, loses possession. It's a scrum for the ball, and the Duncan Love comes up with it. They a fast break pass. Down the court going for it. Oh. Nothing but net, but on the bottom, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Referee Pump claps his hands a bunch of times, indicating something happened that he didn't like, and someone else will take over. Oh, it's the Pistol Shrimps. Imagine that. Picks being set left and right here as Jesse Thomas tries to set up a shot here. Inside to Laura Lights Out Jack. Stetton with the ball here. Mad sock game as she puts up a shot. No good. She's got palm trees on her socks. Matt, you see a palm tree. I see cannabis. There's some dispute about these socks, guys. People can't seem to agree, the people being you and the other one. Well, it's a bit of a litmus test. You see palm trees, you're an upstanding citizen. You see cannabis, you're an at-risk youth. I see two vases. Oh. I see two profiles. I see an old lady and a young lady. I see a duck that's pretending to be a rabbit. Referee very mad at Molly Hockey. Referee very mad at Molly Hockey decides. Stetton with a long pass. Brett Farvian with that pass. She throws it about 70 yards. It's out of bounds the, the hard way. By the way, guys, hockey, it's easy to say. That's what I thought until someone questioned me. And that person was Molly Hockey. It's hockey. Molly Hockey. Like a hawk. I'm not even a sports fan, and I find that stuff pretty damn funny. Uh, if you do as well, scoop yourself up some Pistol Shrimps Radio over on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find it, including their home site, GoSuperEgo.com. All right, ripped from the tweet sack comes something completely different. It's a six-episode mini-series called A Twilight World of Ultimate Smoothness. I got a note in the tweet sack from the show's producer, David Wilcox, a few weeks ago, who explains the show as, quote, chronicling the decline and fall of a veteran R&B slash smooth jazz DJ named Greg Willis. It's a psychedelic, surreal recreation of late-night commercial FM radio, complete with requests and dedications, in-studio interviews, station IDs, ads, and tons and tons of music. Imagine taking some of the darker elements of British comedy, such as Chris Morris's Blue Jam or some of the Alan Partridge stuff, and wedging them into an Art LeBeau-slash-Quiet Storm-style radio format 
and you'll kind of have an idea of what we're up to. The show is written by myself and Johanna Hyman. We previously worked together on a couple of episodes of the Radiotopia, Radiotopia podcast, The Truth, and a musician named John Schmerzal. Man, fans of him are going to kill me. John Schmerzal, who currently plays in the band Caribou and was formerly in Brainiac and Enon, did our music and sound design, unquote. I downloaded and binge-listened the entire six episodes across a couple of days of commuting to work. It's like listening to a real radio station with some odd technical difficulties and a radio personality who is unraveling before your very ears. But funny, here's a taste. Hey, Greg, it's Hot Todd, Hot Toddy Lucas. I gathered from the theme song, Todd. What can I say? You clock 40 years in this business, you deserve a little fanfare. But you don't deserve it when you come on my show. They play that song when I walk into Costco, Greg. People love it. Well, what can I do for you, Todd? You looking for another autographed headshot for Todd Jr.? (laughs) If you saw what he did with the last one, you wouldn't be asking me that. No, I've just uh, heard you've been having problems. I know it's been a while since we talked, but I thought I'd see if there's anything I can do. Problems? I'm not aware of any problems. Now, Greg, you don't have to pretend with me. Can't get anybody signed up for your cruise. Your ratings are down. All the DJs are talking about it. Well, whatever these DJs are talking about, let me assure you, they are wrong. Because this show is as strong as it's ever been. Hey, I know how it is. It's getting harder and harder to do a show with any real substance on commercial radio. That's why I started the Toddcast. The what? The Toddcast. The Toddcast podcast. Real smooth jazz. What's a Toddcast? It's an internet radio show. Is it on the radio? No, it's on the internet. Why is it a Toddcast? Because it's my podcast. You're confusing me. Okay, it's a podcast. Which means what? You know the word broadcast, right? Yes, I'm not an idiot, Todd. Okay, well, a podcast is a broadcast, but it's on the internet. But why is it a Toddcast? Because my name is Todd! It's just a bit of fun, right? Okay, this Toddcast, it's not on the radio. No, it's on the internet. Well, how do people hear it? Well, I've got a website, I'm all over social media, I've even got my own smartphone app. There are all kinds of ways for people to hear the show. And all of those things, that's the internet? Yes, Greg, that's the internet. And what do you do with the internet? You play music? Absolutely, five decades of real smooth jazz. Who pays you to do it? Nobody! It's commercial free. I do take donations to help cover some expenses, but I'm not paid a salary. Donations? Like charity. You're a charity case. I provide a service. What I do isn't just entertainment. It's edutainment. Do you know how many kids there are these days who've never even heard of Herbie Man? You're preaching to the choir on that one. Exactly. You and me, we are guardians of the smooth. So I don't think of the Toddcast as a job. It's a mission. You get where I'm coming from here, right, Greg? Oh, I get where you're coming from. You're trying to get a little free publicity by calling into my show. Greg, if I wanted publicity, I wouldn't call you. I know your game, Todd Lucas. You're trying to sink my battleship. Distract me from the actual task at hand, which is getting 1,000 people signed up for my cruise by talking to me about this podcast nonsense of yours. I'm merely offering some professional advice. If the way you do things doesn't work anymore, 
Try something new. <laughs> you think that's what my listeners want? Something new? Everyone's interested in something new if it's quality. And that's why everyone interested in some real smooth groove should head on over to the live stream with me, Hot Todd Lucas. I knew it! I knew that was your angle! Keep it real, Greg. Real smooth jazz. Grab a Twilight World of Ultimate Smoothness, all six episodes from their home site at twilightsmoothness.com or from iTunes, etc., etc. And uh, it's a it's a fun, odd listen. I don't think I've ever heard anything like this in all my years of podcasting. <laughs> all right, Succotash Associate Producer Tyson Saner tossed this next clip into the stack for today's show. I confess I don't know much about it. It's called Deviant's Church and is hosted by someone named Father Randall McMurphy. My search for their website turned up nothing. Uh, it's like it disappeared. It's like this show's taken an abrupt right-hand turn into... Podcast Graveyard. You know, I wasn't planning to do this segment of podcast graveyard but this show seems to be doa it is still findable on itunes but the last posted episode was back in early april and the last tweet from their account was a week after that anyway here's a sample well, yeah we hear them stories about what happens when uh this one rapper did it years ago uh people be taking pcp and they start like eating people's bodies apart and shit and i think this one rapper went from this uh bitch's heart was it like brother lynch or something yeah i think that's who it was he used to talk about a bunch of crazy shit. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? That was kind of like his thing, but I know people on PCP. <laughs> dude, people on PCP did crazy shit. I had a dude when I lived in Northern California. I had this dude, right? He broke into my, he was, he didn't break into my house. This dude showed up. All right, look. <laughs> it's a whole fucking <laughs> story. It's a minute. All right, look. This dude knocks on my door early ass in the morning, right? Open the door. And this motherfucker, he has a Christmas tree branch, right? An artificial Christmas tree branch. He's holding this shit like an umbrella, right? He's holding up this Christmas tree branch. And he just tries to start walking past me into my fucking house. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's so off. It's so out of place that it takes me a second to even fit. Like, there's got to be some. This is before punked any of that shit, right? I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so I grab this dude and he just starts going, and trying to like. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. He tried to get away from me and shit. And he's small. He's, I'm like fucking, at the time, I'm like maybe 6'5", maybe 250, 260. This dude's like 5'7", 130, right? So I'm trying to give you the, the picture of this shit. I grab this dude, and this dude's fine. I'm trying, it's, it's like everything I got to hold this motherfucking crazy ass fucking PCP head down. This dude's going nuts. <laughs> all kind of a different directions and shit. You know what I'm saying? My old lady's running down the stairs screaming and shit. She comes running down the stairs. I'm like, call the fucking cops. Right? <laughs> like, call the goddamn cops. This bitch comes running down the, down the stairs. All she has on is a thong, right? She's running down the stairs with a gun in her hand and a fucking pillow. And I think she's gonna shoot this dude in the head. And I'm like, don't fucking kill this dude, right? <laughs> But meanwhile, I'm sweating like a motherfucking slave trying to hold this dude down. Like, I'm already worn out. It's only been a minute. He's going 100%, right? He's fucking juiced to the gills on whatever the fuck he's on. So he's thrashing and rolling. I'm trying to hold this fucking dude. I get his arm up behind his fucking back. I for sure broke this. After the fact, I, I, I realized I broke this dude's wrist, fucked his arm up bad, all this other shit. And, <laughs> but he's not feeling it. He's feeling no pain. He don't give a fuck. And he's going... So this bitch running down the stairs with a gun, 
she throws a pillow on his head and starts trying to stomp him in the fucking head. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, you got to fucking relax. <laughs> Let me handle this shit. Yeah, gun's going to go put the gun down. <laughs> put the goddamn gun down. But, uh, you know, go get the handcuffs. Make yourself useful. <laughs> but the cops. Okay, so look, I, I lived at the end of a cul-de-sac. And there's a street. On the other side, like on the other side, the back where the, the round part of the cul-de-sac is. So anyways, the cops come by on the wrong fucking street. They come running up the wrong street, blow by the house, <laughs> screaming past the fucking house. This bitch goes running outside, titties out. You know, fucking waving down the cops. So finally, the cops come. You know what I'm saying? Get this dude, you know, and finally get him cuffed. And like, we see his arm is all fucked. He's still going nuts. He's yelling about his thumb. This dude broke my thumb. His arm is fucking jacked. I fucked this dude's shit up. And he's yelling about his fucking thumb. Cops are staring at this bitch's titties. I'm like, bitch, go put some clothes. <laughs> are you playing so much? It's like six in the morning. But yeah, man, it's uh, that PCP is a hell of a fucking drug, man. And. I do not. I do not condone using that type of a shit. Yeah, that's the only shit that I'm shit. not. Never even tried. Don't even care to. Don't even know where I would get it. Yeah, I don't know. That shit used to be around. That and the fucking these dudes. They used to call it cools. They used to dip shit in fucking that um that embalming oh, fluid. Sh- yeah, that, sherm. Sherm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know yeah and then saying. roll roll them cigarettes up. Them Lucy's up in us and tinfoil. Yeah, they they yeah they they, they dip joints in that shit. They dip the end of blunts in that shit. They used to oh, some man. people used to call cools cocaine. They roll a blunt and they put a little coke in it. But then dude started dipping shit and doing shit. And that went that's when you couldn't really smoke with fools. Like um um like on uh uh uh, uh Friday. Remember when fucking smoking? He gets in the car with them yeah. fools and hits that shit. Dudes yeah. play shit and they think that shit was fucking funny. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't funny, man. Tell you what, we'll check in periodically and see if there's a pulse for the Deviant's Church. Maybe they're just on hiatus or something. All right, Rob and Craig over at Clutch and Wiggle have been friends and fans of Succotash pretty much since we started about three years ago. They regularly replay the show on CWERadio.com. And so isn't it high time we got back to seeing what they're up to? even if they had to send in the clip themselves. Recently on the Clutch and Wiggle Enter- uh, Experience podcast, Rob and Craig discussed the recent passing of legendary B.B. King and that his family has the feeling he was poisoned to death. <laughs> okay, children. So, yeah, so if you were, you know, why would you, why would you make up stories about, about, somebody, about your ancestor or your family member? Your ancestor? <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I'm not right today. Uh, Grandpappy BB. <laughs> Grandpappy BB. Like, why, why would you do that? Just just because you're not getting the fucking money you think you deserve. I don't, I don't understand. You know, it it's a shame anytime you hear about someone who built their own fortune, built their own fame. All right? You know, I you hear about it all the time. I've read, you know, several autobiographies uh, from people who were born... Blue collar, middle class, lower class, whatever you want to call it, you know, and through hard work, through talent, and you know what? Through some luck. Because let's be honest, some of it is really just luck. You know, we're able to amass fame and fortune, you know, and in some case, you know, legendary status. B.B. King, I'm sorry, will always be remembered as a legendary musician. Yes, I agree with that. You know, and the man probably had... Assuming he managed his finances properly, because remember, just because you're famous doesn't mean you're rich. There are plenty of famous people who don't have a penny to their name because they suck at managing their money. But let's assume he had a, a, a 
decent income. A respectable amount of money. More than respectable. He, he had a, a lucrative amount of money in That's his true. bank account, okay? You have children, grandchildren, ne- nieces, nephews, cousins. You have family, mm-hmm. okay, Who's, who is lazy, all right, who feels entitled and says, and oh, you're dead? And they stick their hand yeah, out yeah. like, okay, well, what's my cut? I give not all, but some of these people a lot of credit to say, you know what? I worked really fucking hard, not only to make my money, but to keep my money. Because sometimes that's even harder. Because as soon as you start making money, and a lot of famous people have said it, say, you know what? Once the money started coming in, I started getting phone calls right and left from people who wouldn't fucking give me the time of day Mm -hmm. when I didn't have money. But all of a sudden... They're calling me up, and I didn't, you know, and it's like, hey, buddy. And it's like, how'd you even get my phone number? Yeah. I agree with that. You know, so if it were me, mm-hmm. especially a guy like B.B. King, not only would I give them the bend over and fuck you to my fortune, I'd have made a song about it. I'd like to hear it. Here it goes. <laughs> I'm B.B. King You're my family And you ain't getting None of my fucking money Oh, you suck My family sucks Fuck you all Like, I totally In my will In my last will and testament (laughs) I would have told my lawyer Listen, listen Here's a video. Here's a DVD. Not only did I record a song, I made a fucking music video to it. And I'm going to have strippers. I'm going to have $100 bills falling from the sky. Because guess what? You ain't getting shit. You ain't getting any of it. I would have made sure that a very small amount of my fortune would have paid for all of this. To just say... Fuck you. Thanks for being my family. Now get the fuck out. I Tell say, me you wouldn't do that. I have to say your BB King impression okay. is awesome. Well, thank you. I practice in the shower you, and at the gym. You, you, I can't go to the gym anymore, though. Not for that issue. Something else. You went from Iggy Azalea. No, I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, Iggy. Yeah, you went from Iggy, Iggy Bush. Iggy Bush. Who's Iggy Bush? You went. Who was in trouble, by the way? You went through... Lil Wayne, you went through Little Wiggle. I'm working on something for that too. Are you? Sort of. It, it's, it may never come to fruition. So, but but, I'm, but I'm you went from you went from Iggy to Lil Wayne to fucking BB King Blues. You yeah. you are fucking multi talented. I, I am multi talented. I'm glad somebody finally recognizes that. You know who else is multi talented? Iggy Bush. And depending on how many cocks, but I think that's a different category than what I'm kind of leaning towards. But it is kind of sport, though. I mean, you know, she's she's popular on Big Sausage Pizza, at least in my mind. Maybe Big Sausage Pizza can... Pizza? Pizza? Wow. And which one of us is drinking? You. Uh-huh. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A, No, I'm not having a stroke. I'm not having a stroke. Touch my nose. Stand on my leg. I'm sitting down, but it doesn't matter. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, sir. Thank you, officer. Have a wonderful day, officer. Is that gun loaded, officer? <laughs> all right. So let's see. Oh, all right. So we we can we can go from that to um, to Ronda Rousey. Uh, not not that it's oh, going. Was that the sports reference you were trying to segue <laughs> trying to? to? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Okay. My BB King. Uh, you know. 
Impersonation? No, it... it um, Did B.B. King's soul enter your body like in Ghost? You'll find a lot more Clutch and Wiggle over at CWERadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded or streamed. And guys, thanks a lot for... Uh, for sticking by Succotash all these years and playing us, uh, gosh, like every week you replay us, which is fantastic. Dipping again into the tweet, Zach, and it's not even time yet, Tweety. I got a request from Mary Sasson. Sasson? Sasson. 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 The host and producer of the Strong Opinions podcast, asking if I do a review of her show. She writes, the premise of the podcast is that I invite on two comedians and we discuss our opinions of everyday topics ranging from belts to milk and everything in between. Belts and milk. Interesting spectrum. Some past guests have included stand-ups like Jake Wiseman and tons of UCB performers like Nicole Byer, Drew Tarver, Will Hines, Betsy Sidaro, and Alex Fernie. Mary, I will try to get around to reviewing your show. It sounds pretty funny, but for now, I will do the next best thing. Clip it! Let's just start with our first topic, which is popsicles. Okay. Mm. Popsicles. Look, I... uh, Let me please take those. Please. Oh, gosh. I I will say that I typically love popsicles, but I think I'm lying. Like, I think it's one of those things where I'm like, I buy a box of them, I have, like, one, and then I don't want any more of them. And it's not that... I don't know, like, they're not that exciting You like the idea of I love the idea of, like, sucking on a cold popsicle on a hot day. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I actually prefer, like, ice cream covered in chocolate type popsicle, which isn't my popsicle, it's like an ice cream bar. I prefer You don't like the fruit juice. No, I pretend to like that. I then throw them out after they get freezer burned. It's, like, over. Because it is charming, you know, the idea of a popsicle. I... I do like popsicles, but I prefer the 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 tubes that you squeeze it out mm, of. Okay. What, is, what are those like, like a push up? Yeah. Not like a, a push classic? pop. Not a push pop. But like a like an Italian ice sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Where you just I take scissors? This. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh. Snip off the top. Icy pop. Icy pop. I feel Thank like they have you. like a thousand different names depending Thank on where you. you're from. But those like, li- like bright colored liquid and then like, you buy them like melted and yes. you put them in your freezer. And, yes. Yeah, that's so funny. God, I, I was obsessed with those when I was a kid and I still am. I'm, yeah, we always had those. Yeah. Did you guys have those Disney popsicles when you were a kid that were like Disney character shapes? They were so good. No. Like, there was something about them that was like better than every... Would you get them from like an ice cream man? No, they were from like the store and they'd okay. be like goofy with like green and they'd be each other own color and they were like... I never had that. Mm, so good i love i'll tell you this (laughs) i love the mickey mouse ice cream that's mickey mouse's head oh at disneyland chocolate and he has like oh okay at disneyland yeah so good do they not they probably do they not have them anywhere else maybe an ice cream truck like they have it's a different thing you're talking about where it has like the ice cream face yeah the disneyland ones are covered in chocolate completely oh so maybe we're talking about different things. We are talking about different things. Well, I love it. Which one do you like? <laughs> the one that's covered completely in chocolate? or No, I prefer just his ears to be covered in chocolate. Because that's too much otherwise? Because it's too much otherwise. It is rich. <laughs> it's rich. And also, <laughs> don't cover his face. <laughs> that's where all the fun He's is. He's a cultural icon. Yeah. That's right. I, um, those, I don't know. I feel like some people call them like otter pops, maybe. That yeah, thing where those... you like scissor the top and you buy them melted. I feel like Otter Pop's like East Coast or something. Like yeah. I never called it that. Yeah. Called it Icy Pop. 
Did you call it an otter pop? I don't think I called them otter pop, but I think that... I don't even know what I called them, but I just knew that like when someone else was like otter pops and they, yeah, were like, you buy them unfrozen in a weird bag? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. I love that. But those to me, like now as a grown-up, like, oh, nothing about this is real. Yeah, it's like, yeah. weren't they like 10 cents a piece or something? I think like, so, yeah. Some, we always had like a ton of them. And then like at, if you had like field day at school, like that would yeah. be like the end. You'd get like a, yeah. one of those things. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, it's such a simple idea that I was so blown away by when I was a kid. Like, yeah. you put liquid in a plastic sheet. <laughs> <laughs> And then you put that in the freezer and it becomes a treat. Yeah. Like, before that, it stops just, being liquid. Right. It's just that, like, before that, it's like that crappy, like, those little um, pots of juice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they were like little, like, a jugs. Pot of juice? I think I know what you're talking about. I think like, we those oh, huggies. Where you had, like, a, a little aluminum foil yeah. on the top. That's, like, the same thing that those popsicles are. It's that. just you freeze it. Right. They were, like, weird. Like, you okay. get them with, like, hot lunch or something. And sometimes <laughs> they would be, like... Oh, yes! I remember now. They'd be, hot like, in a lunch. barrel. Yeah, a barrel is the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah, because it had... Yeah. Like, it, it looked textured. like a barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to As love... As if it were wooden. It when rigged. they had, like, the nozzle, like a bit... Oh, not... Like a sports nozzle. When they had yeah. those with, like, a sports nozzle. That mm. was so fun to me. Like, do you remember mm. Squeeze-Its? That were like yes. that kind of juice too, but they were like a yes. cool container with like a guy on it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like his head was the container. Yeah, yeah. it's super good. That. It felt like sometimes too always tied into Ghostbusters in some way. It feels like Slimer somehow. Yeah, Slimer for it. sure had an addition. Yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. that Slimer gum toothpaste? It was like a toothpaste container that you squeezed out of, but it was gum. Oh, no! God. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. I feel like I missed a lot of stuff. You probably because your parents were like, you're not going to eat garbage. I know. Mine mm. didn't care. Yeah, yeah, mine were, I think, pretty lax. The home site for Strong Opinions is strongopinions.podbean.com. Also look for them in all the usual places. Hi, this is your friend in podcasting, Phil Lairness of your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. And I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Pass the succotash. It's the Comedy Podcast Podcast. Maybe you noticed that Succotash, the Comedy Podcast Podcast, doesn't drop every week. Hell. Or every two weeks, for that matter. I would like to do it more often. Really, I would. But work is tough and pays pretty well. So that's where I have to put the majority of my focus. But it doesn't always have to be that way. And you can help. If you hop over to our home site, SuckatashShow.com, and click on the Donate button, then kick us whatever you can afford to uh, in order to help help us pay for the stuff that podcasters have to pay for to keep all this going, you know, our Libsyn account where we're hosted, uh, the other things that I have to pay for to kind of get the word out that the episodes are up, all that sort of stuff, equipment occasionally. I will start pushing myself harder to get these shows cranked out more often, okay? So here's here's what I came up with. For every month that the donate button brings in enough to cover our succotash nut, that's about 60 bucks a month, I will push out four consecutive weeks of show. Right? So, for instance, if starting next week we get 60 bucks, boom, 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 boom. Four consecutive weeks of Succotash. By hook or by crook, I'll do it. So get clicking. That's SuccotashShow.com. Click on the donate button. If we hit 60 bucks, I'll do four consecutive weeks of shows, and we'll see if we can't get some, uh, some consistency going in this mother.
All right. Uh, so he's got his teeth back into the world of podcasting. Our old pal Nigel Boydell was having some dental challenges a while back. He had started a show called the HMS Podcast, which he wrote and then had various podcasting friends narrate and do the character voices. I did one. I think it's the best episode, personally. I think that was... Uh, HMS Codcast episode 10. Well, he's got some shiny new choppers, and Nigel is back with the world of Mineshaft. It's a fun, bizarre ramble through the mind of a character who is clearly, well, different in the head, let's say. Mrs. Backgammon from next door came round just as we were washing the breakfast pots. She's the one with the bull terrier and varicose veins. She brought Mother some of her own made Battenberg cake. Mother accepted it graciously and made Mrs. Backgammon a cup of tea before bidding her farewell and depositing the Battenberg cake in the waste bin. Mother says Mrs. Backgammon is a succubus and as such not the kind of person one would accept a homemade Battenberg cake from. I was rather put out by her actions. I like a bit of Battenberg cake with my tea. But Mother just scolded me for my foolishness and locked me under the stairs until the archers came on. The cat went missing today. I'd been watching the afternoon film and Mother had been knitting socks for the poor boys at the front, even though the war in Europe ended more than a generation ago. We'd just had a nice cup of Earl Grey and I was preparing to exfoliate her feet when I noticed the Himmler wasn't in his basket by the fire. Now I tell you, when Himmler deserts the comfort of an open fire then something is sadly amiss. I put the pumice stone and moisturiser back in the bread bin with the crispy bloomer and went in search of the absent feline. I looked all over the house paying particular attention to the microwave and washing machine. He was nowhere to be found. I looked in the garden, but apart from the dog skeleton and sacrificial billock, everything was just as it should be. I next went into the street and paced up and down for some 15 minutes, could find no sign of our beloved Himmler. Imagine my relief when I went round the corner into Cubicle Avenue and spotted Himmler, or what was left of him, spread across the middle of the road. He didn't look well. In fact, he looked dead. I went back home and fetched a shovel from the shed. This was the shovel I used to mix the concrete for Dr Edward's overshoes. He'd misdiagnosed Mother, said she had shingles when in fact her girdle had been too tight. We had, as Mother so eloquently put it, given him his freedom in the de-estuary just off the North Wales village of Flint. That had been a lovely day and we had ended up having an ice cream in Landudno. Anyway, I went back to Crucible Avenue and scraped what I called of Himmler off the tarmac. He was very flat and almost filled his basket by the fire, but it was nice to have the three of us together before neighbours came on. The evening news brought us nothing but bad news as usual. There is a war somewhere in the east and extremists are beheading poor innocents with gay abandon. I could teach them a thing or two about beheading techniques, I can tell you. Isn't it funny how they always try to end the news with an uplifting story? I think they imagine us all sitting in front of the television going, ah, at the sight of some premature infant gasping for breath.
I'm thinking of taking a picture of Himmler and sending it to the television station. Everyone loves kitten shots, don't they? I must admit that I nodded off during course. Mother loves Neil Oliver and I could see her surreptitiously fumbling around under her skirt. I'm usually transfixed by the jaunty jock but tonight my eyes just wouldn't play cricket. I awoke to find Mother going through my trousers, probably looking for loose chains. I have the sneaking suspicion that she slipped one or two of those rohypnol tablets into my tea. She has a huge jar of them in the kitchen cupboard, and I know she's itching to try them out, bless her. The incident left me with a terrible headache, and that's why I've taken myself off to bed early. Tomorrow is another day, as they say, and I'm sure Mother and I will have as much fun as we did today. She was oiling the canoe when I last saw her, and that's always a good sign. Good night, all. If you want to find more Mineshaft, visit mineshaft.podbean.com for the episodes to date and tell Nigel that Mark sent you. In fact, it was just Nigel's birthday this week. Wished him a happy birthday on, on Facebook. He thanked me. So you see, social media, it works. All right, here's a classic Henderson's Pants ad. And this is one of my favorites, actually. And it's summertime, so it's just perfect to get yourself a pair of picnic pants. Hello, friends. Summer may be winding down, but with plenty of warm weather still ahead, now is the perfect time to take advantage of Henderson's annual sale on picnic pants. You know, you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, but don't let that old saw stop you from slipping into a pair of white and red checked Henderson's picnic pants. Roomy, cool, and comfortable, Henderson's Picnic Pants are a walk in the park. And once you've found that perfect spot to plop down your basket, that's when your picnic pants go into action. One firm tug achieves easy release, and the pants' legs unfurl to form a ground cover wide enough to accommodate the entire family. Specially built pockets hold an entire arsenal of sporks, while the insulated pockets, both front and rear, keep plenty of coleslaw, potato salad, and condiments on ice until you're ready to eat. I know what you're thinking. What about my meat? Well, friends, with Henderson's patented concealed crotch cooler, there is plenty of space to tuck away those weenies, brats, and patties until the coals are hot enough to stick them on the grill. And with our buttocks basket, you'll be sure to have an ample supply of buns on hand. In addition to being both stain and water resistant, picnic pants are insect repellent too, which means there'll be no ants in your pants when it comes time to bid adios to your favorite park or beach luncheon spot. Originally designed for SEAL Team 6, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and the Donner Party, Henderson's picnic pants are now available on sale wherever fine tarpaulins and mulch are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 756 A.D. And now, back to Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Friend of Succotash, Jason Duplissy, recently started his own podcast, separate from the DeVay show, called Date Speeding. I've actually played a clip when he first started. He's been going for a while. And he plays the Reverend Rich Hugh and the advice he dispenses about dating is, well, it's just, just plain wrong. So, you've done the hard part, and now you've got yourself your first date. Turns out, there's all sorts of different ways you can handle a first date. In this episode, 
Let's cover several different ideas. Me, the Reverend Rich Hugh, I recommend three tiers of locations for a first date: the casual meet, the romantic meet, or the impressive romantic meet. The romantic location differs from a casual location both in name and location. Going for coffee is ideal because you purchase a cup of coffee and then that's the only thing you need to do at that location. The second choice, the more romantic date, is to go to a cafe, a place where they serve food, perhaps churros or donuts or funnel cakes or sandwiches, you know, food. But you go there to meet for coffee. This is not a restaurant where you get served by a waiter. This is a place where you go and stand in line and order your food, and then either go to the table and wait for them to deliver it to you, or they hand it to you right there at the counter. I recommend finding an independently owned location, a place with a twee name like Alcove or Snugglers or The Barn. A place like this usually has crazy mismatched chairs and clear white twinkle lights wrapped around ficus trees. Sometimes there's art from independent artists hanging on the wall for purchase. And they will give you a metal stand with a plastic number to slide into the hoop at the top that they will take away from your table once they give you your food. Usually, there's a patio. The cup of coffee you order at this place probably comes in a smaller ceramic mug with refills. If the time comes in the date where you say I'm hungry, you can simply order from that place some sliders, a slice of pie, sweet potato fries. You may be thinking, how do I know where to go? The ones you go on the casual date with are the ones you could take or leave. The ones you take to the romantic place are ones that you hope like you, but you're not sure of. And I said not sure of, and not not sure of. Churro, churro, sure of. They sound kind of the same. Let me check my email to see if someone sent me a churro. Not yet. Still time. The romantic location allows you to linger and hang out, and you can pull the plug after 45 minutes or an hour, or you could stay for two, three hours as long as the conversation is still good. It's open-ended, and that's romantic. I again don't recommend a restaurant. You spend half of your time talking to other people on the date. You follow the person to your table. Then you have to talk to the waiter about ordering drinks. The waiter has to tell you all the specials. The waiter takes your order. The waiter or some subordinate brings your food to the table. The waiter then comes and asks how your food is. The waiter then comes and asks if you're done and they can clear your plate. The waiter then comes and asks if you'd like anything else or you'd like to see the dessert menu. The waiter then comes and brings you the check. The waiter then comes and picks up the check. The waiter then comes and brings back the check for you to sign. That is a lot of time not paying attention to your date. Do not go to a restaurant on a first date. Well, I don't know. I I've been on the dating game a long time. Maybe maybe there's some truth to what he's saying. It still doesn't still doesn't ring right. I don't know what the deal is. Anyway, there's no home site up yet for date speeding. You can find the right Reverend Rich Hugh and his so-called advice on iTunes, and there's also a Facebook page. So check it out there. We've got yet another clip in the tweet sack this week. This one from a podcast called "The Four Listeners," featuring three guys: Chris Spear, Seth Wiseman, and Corey Ganshorn. They've been up and running for about four years and just celebrated their two hundredth episode. Congratulations! They also tell me that their format is quote something must be done about. Dot 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 unquote, and then they have a new topic every week with just two rules to avoid about that topic. Rule number one: no politics. Rule number two: no religion. So uh, let's um, let's give a listen from uh, their two hundredth episode, shall we? The the sports talk radio idiots. Oof. I don't, I don't know how you can listen to that shit. Dude, have you listened to Philly? Oh, it's. Philly stations are the worst. Oh, the just because they have the terrible Philly accent and then all the idiot Philly callers. 
the They're worst. They're so stupid. They start off, hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Yeah, just real quick, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Eagles' plays last week because, uh, you know, in Madden, in the playbook, they've got a, a, a Jet 43 toss sweep. And, uh, you know, back in high school, I used to be a running back. And, um, you know, how about it? Go Eagles. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to know what your thoughts on uh, – on uh, on the Eagles' chances at Washington this week because uh, you know I I picked them in my elimination pool you know and uh, I mean that's what they do it's that's, that's perfect on and on. yeah that's pretty solid dude that's, that's perfect so there's the four listeners these guys apparently don't have a website either maybe it's a passing thing these websites. I don't think they're going to catch on, but you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash four listeners. How about that? Or click through the link on our com home site. That'll get you there. Um, still coming to you from the side of the road by, by my house. Traffic beginning to pick up as the morning gets a little later. And a pickup truck just pulled up behind me. They were playing some music there, but uh, I think it's gone off. So oh, there's the horn as the alarm goes on <laughs> as the guy gets out. Fantastic. All right. Um, we have another podcast mini series in the works, but I've only just heard a little bit about it. I haven't had a chance to really dip in. It's called Don't Worry, It's Only the End of the World. It's put together by Alfie Shaw, and well, it's a self contained series you can binge listen to very easily. Artie was good enough to send along a clip, and here it is. Now, more importantly, do these phones still work? I don't know, possibly. I've been looking for a working phone for ages. I need to ring the post office. Come again? The post office? I need to register a complaint? Unfortunately, most of the phones stopped working when everything fell apart. Wouldn't it just have been easier to go to the post office? The last thing the government did before the apocalypse was to close all but four of the country's post offices. Centralisation and privatisation was the way of the future, they said. This isn't entirely accurate, as the closing and selling off of the postal services was actually the second to last act of the government. The actual last act of the government pre-apocalypse was an emergency meeting to deal with the major issues of an apocalyptic virus. Can we be blamed for this? Can we blame the opposition for this? And have any of our members tried to have sex with it? It's a real shame that the government never got to know the virus as it had made their wildest dreams come true by killing most of the electorate. It's intolerable. That the post offices are shut or that everyone's dead. The whole wretched thing. And I haven't been able to find any hummus since this went to hell. It's a nightmare. I mean, what kind of a world is it without hummus? Scotland? (laughs) How did they cope? Quite well, I think, until, you know, they died, along with almost everything else on the planet. Oh, yes. Well, that's just typical of Scotland. Is it really? Yes, of course it is. Now, let's see. Dead. Dead. Perfect! Nine, nine, nine. Hello. Hello. And thank you for calling the post office helpline. I'm sorry, but there is no one to answer your call at the moment, as everyone is on strike. Or dead. Or both. They also want you to know that your call means nothing to them, but don't let that bother you. I still care. Press 1 to complain about this. Press 2 to complain about something else. Press 3 to just talk to me. Press the star key to be placed in a queue. You have pressed 2. Was it something I said? Never mind. 
I don't mind. It's fine. I promise. Anyway, I have still placed you in a queue. Please help me narrow down the nature of your complaint. If you're ringing about the scourge of the Chingford Cycling Club, press 1. If you're ringing to declare you've turned your town into its own independent nation, press 2. If you're seeking financial support for your gang of pillagers and raiders, press 3. If you wish to speak to an operator, please hold. Hi, I'm Terry. How can I help you today? Terry? I can be Steve or Adam or Susanna. I can be whoever you want me to be. It's just so good to have someone to talk to. And what if I want to talk to someone else? I can make you want to talk to me. No, you can't. There is not a single thing on this earth that could make me want to talk to you. Oh, really? Just putting you on hold. I can do this all day. Look, just what do I do if I want to complain about something else? It's nothing personal, it's just I'm in a hurry. Fine. Press 4. You monster. Thank you. Congratulations. Oh, for the love of... You have reached the General Complaints Department. I'm sorry to say that all of our operators are currently taking a permanent smoking break. If you wish to make a formal complaint, please proceed to your nearest post office. However, if you just want to get something off your chest, I'm here for you. Is there any reason I've just wasted my fucking life traipsing around in that verbal cesspit that you call customer care? Because you care too? So there's a little bit of Don't Worry, It's Only the End of the World. You can find more at their home site, which has a very long URL, as you can imagine, from the title Don't Worry, It's Only the End of the World. So look up the title on Google or Bing, and you'll get there easier than me trying to tell you what it is. Or go to SuckatashShow.com and uh, click on the title uh, you'll see in our blog there, and it'll take you to it as well. All right, we've got another burst of durst heading your way, but before we get there, there's a little something we like to call the Tweet Sack. Over the past week or so, I started putting out the Suckatash Daily. It's one of those aggregate online newspapers, and it covers podcast news and other related stuff. So if you'd like to, you can check it out and register to, uh, to get the copies uh, in your email. Start by going to hirsch.co slash daily 062515. I don't make it easy, do I? That's hershko.co slash daily 062515, or use the click-through link on our blog site for this very episode, and then click on the link when you get to Succotash Daily for the most recent edition. I got a nice note in the tweet sack from Maureen Whittles. If you don't recognize that name, she's the mother of comedian, writer, actor, and producer Harris Whittles, who tragically died of an overdose back in February. She'd like what I'd written about Harris in my review for the ep- of the episode of WTF that he'd been on. She is working on a book about her son and wanted to know if she could use the review in the book. Of course, Maureen, of course. I wished her well and hope that writing about her son will help her to process some of the grief at his passing. Even though it's been a couple of weeks and we did get quite a few clips in the tweet sack, not a lot of other letters or emails to mention. Don't forget that if you would like to upload a clip from your comedy podcast or from a comedy podcast that you're just a fan of, you can send it to us directly by uploading it at Hightail slash you slash Succotash, and it'll get right here, right beside me, right here. Uh, Here's a glimpse 
uh, at those fine folks who took the time the past week or so to tweet, retweet, mention, like, favorite, follow, DM, or otherwise crank Succotash out into the social media. Illusionoid, Davian Dent, Strange Times, Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks, Pod Festivus, Michelle O'Mirth, Greg Dean, Voices Film, The Residuals, Joseph Cobb, But Real Talk, The Fake Ass Radio Show, Eric and Stacy Radio, The Slant, Matthew Tafolo, Amber Rodriguez, Artist Home, Funny Days, Stranger Conversation, LT Vargas, Renilli Alberry, 50 DJs, 50 States, P. Desmond Adams, Presto Pod, Salty Language Pod, Azic 79, The Mo Show Podcast, Todd Spence, Hob the Troll, Caleb Bacon, H. Jass, Fuckonomics, <laughs> Jabs from the D-Head Factor, he's back, hey Jabs, Ryan Long, Rich DeMatteo, De Pure BS Podcast, Doug Lemisurri, oh man, Doug Lemisurri, oh boy, Gord Poutine, Creek of the Week, Jocularity Show, Doug in the Cave, Taco Tuesday, Abner Surd, we're going to hear from him in a minute, Tom, Tom Jackson Jr., Tiny Odd Conversations, Southgate Media Group, Terrell Harris, Krebuland Productions, Eisenstein Effect, James, Aaron Dalton, DAPF Pod Neil C, Paige Branson. Hey, Paige. Paige did our uh, our logo for this season two of Succotash. Chris Polly about Marilyn Monroe. Doctor P Kang, Ethan and Zach Trio, and San Diego Sabrina. All right, thanks you guys. Now here comes Mr. Durst back for a rematch with our second Bursto Durst. Hey guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about how incredible modern medicine has become. We humans are living way past the capability of our bodies to sustain us. Wasn't long ago folks would just up and die at 35 of old age. Or were victims of accidents involving livestock. Not to mention plagues, pitchforks, and blue meat. Or the village would get rid of you for the greater good. Of course, the greater good was always sort of a fluid measurement, especially back when villagers were notoriously twitchy, with vivid imaginations. Look at all the scenarios they derived just from gazing at the stars. Seriously, you got Gemini the twins from nine points of light? It's not even an even number. They're supposed to be twins. Shouldn't it at least be symmetrical? Oh, fraternal twins. Yeah. You know what I get from the same group of stars? A spigot full of dachshunds. See, floppy ears, lip of the nozzle. The third sign of the zodiac should be dog spout. You know, most of our modern diseases existed during the Middle Ages, just tragically misdiagnosed. Pretty much every medical treatment boiled down to two possibilities. Put leeches on it or stake through the heart. That was it, one or the other. What do you think medieval doctors carried in their bags? Leeches and stakes. Suffering from epilepsy? Possessed by the devil. Stake through the heart. Dissociative identity disorder? Possessed by the devil. Stake through the heart. Parkinson's? Alzheimer's? Not leeches. Something as simple as allergies. He sneezes fealty to the devil. Stake through the heart. Whoa, 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 dude, it's spring. A lot of pollen in the air. Can we at least try the leeches? 
You can see why people attempted to be as conventional as possible. You didn't want to be known for anything out of the ordinary. People got stakes through the heart because their tomatoes grew too big. And if you had a birthmark in the shape of a trident, forget about it. No, no, really, that's a, it's a spigot full of dachshunds. Look, see the nozzle? For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. All right, you can catch more of Durst at WillDurst.com, his home site, or see him tweeting at Will Durst, that's W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. So check him out whenever you feel like getting yourself some laughs. Well, another episode of Succotash Clips is now history. In the can, Kaputski. I'll have another one coming up pretty quick. Even quicker, if you guys hit on that old devil donate button on our SuccotashShow.com home site. Remember my deal, if we clear just 60 bucks, which is kind of our operating capital we need month to month, I will crank out an episode a week for four consecutive weeks. Bing, bang, boom, bing again. So, how's that taste, huh? All right. So on the way out of here, after Bill Haywatt finishes with his clothes, I'm going to toss in a weird little song that Abner Surd, one of our Succotashians, <laughs> linked me to on Twitter. And I believe that this is his original composition. I'm not sure what it's called. I dread to think what it's about, but it is unique for sure. And I figured I'd just toss it in at the end. All right. You are also unique and I appreciate you listening. See you next time. And until then, please remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott. Harvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Little baby crab thump with a little baby limp. Sideways up and down thump, thump, thump. Step, thump, step, thump. Don't you know you're underwater? Sideways up and down thump, thump, thump. Little baby crab, click, with the giant pincher claw, sideways, up and down, click, click, click. Snap, click, snap, click, wave your pincher underwater, sideways, up and down, click, click, click. Where you going now, clump, stumble through the dirty mud, sideways, up and down, clump, clump, clump. Drag, clump, drag, clump. Going places underwater, sideways, up and down, clump, clump, clump. Don't you nip my toes, snip, with your giant pincher claw, sideways, up and down, snip, snip, snip. Ow, snip, ow, snip, chase me out from underwater, sideways, up and down, snip, snip, snip. <laughs>